The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at www.upc.org forward slash university. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 47th and 16th in Seattle's U District. Hey, my name is Mike. I uh, work here with the Inn, and we're excited for you to be out here tonight, whether you go to school here at UW, whether you came all the way back here uh, from WSU or wherever you came from. Uh, we like to have a lot of fun, a little friendly competition, but uh, we also want you to know you're very, very welcome here. Uh, welcome back to the Inn family, uh, wherever you hail from tonight. So we're excited that you came out uh, to worship with us here. Uh, it is my pleasure to introduce our speaker for the night. Uh, our speaker hails all the way from Portland, Oregon. That many Portland people, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, he went to high school down there and then went on to Linfield College, uh, where he, boy, <laughs> people everywhere here. Um, let's see, he played a little football at Linfield. He also studied communication arts down there, and... Uh, Brian is one of our four interns here. Uh, he's the first of the interns to speak at the end. And Brian is a guy that we have just been excited to have on our team this year. Uh, I get to spend a lot of time with Brian uh, in the office, just working here, and I just love him as a teammate. I think he's a guy that genuinely cares about other people. And he's also someone that whether uh, you're playing basketball with him or whether I feel like if we went into war together, I would love to have this guy on my team. So he, he's a great teammate. Even when we interviewed him uh, for the position here, we just said there's something about Brian. I don't know exactly what it is, but we want him here with us. And the more you get a chance to get to know him this year, I'm confident that you're going to feel the same way about him. There's just something about this guy. So would you please give a warm in welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Petermeyer. Hey guys, um, my name is Brian, I'm an intern, and I am super excited to be here, um, to be talking to you guys. Um, I'm going to share a few facts with you guys about me. Um, there's like four things that I'm really comfortable bragging about. Um, one of them has to do with Facebook. Um, so I'm going to submit a few stats at you first. Facebook has over 500 million users right now, okay? And two summers ago, in 2007, there was about 50 million, okay? And there's this application called Rochambeau. Anyone familiar? Awesome. Okay, so it's, it's basically rock, paper, scissors on Facebook. And you, like, you find a, 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 a partner to play against, and then you, like, wager points. And I worked ballet this summer um, at a hospital at the ER. It was pretty weird. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, so I would sit there waiting for cars to come up, and as I waited, I would just play these, this, this rock, paper, scissors against people. I don't know where they're from. Um, but I got pretty good. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm comfortable bragging about this because I was good. Um, so let's say there's, uh, so there's 500 million users, and we'll say that during this period, it was pretty popular to have this application. Um, I'm gonna say one out of every 100 people on Facebook had this application. That's pretty generous, I think, but um, I'm going to stick with it. So let's say one out of every hundred people had it. That means that, okay, well, I was ranked 172nd over all of Facebook. I was number one in the Portland network. I was number one in the Linfield network, which is a small school, I know, but it doesn't matter. Number one. Okay? And so that means I was 172nd out of approximately 500,000 users. That's pretty good. Thank you. 
I'm comfortable bragging about it. Um, the other thing is, I'm not sure if this is like a really braggable thing, but um, I think it is because I don't think you have one. Yep. You don't think you have one. Right here on my neck is what I like to call my refillable zit. I know. You guys are jealous. You pimple poppers are jealous. Because every once every three weeks or so, it'll fill up and it'll, I'll be able to pop it. Okay? It's not like it grows. It's not like a zit where you can see it from above. If I showed you, you wouldn't be able to see it at all. But I know it's there because it, I can feel it. So I, I've had it for like four or five years. It's been, I like popping zits, so it's been awesome. Um, another thing is, another thing is that I'm pretty, um, when I was a kid, I was full of energy. And my dad did Young Life, and uh, when I was a kid, uh, the Young Life guys were always around, these high school guys, and I would, they would do yard work at my house, and I remember walking up to Wheelbarrow as he was pushing it full of, like, uh, bark dust, and I remember just being like, boom, right over in the middle of the grass, and being like, boom, got him, <laughs> one down, pick that up. Um, so one time, uh, they decided to tape me to the garage door, uh, and this is me taped, I think I was like, I'm not even going to get 10. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I had energy. So to get rid of that energy, um, to, to use that in a positive way, other than knocking over wheelbarrows of dirt, I decided to start playing uh, football in third grade. Um, stiff arm. <laughs> Watch out. The left arm's coming at you. Um, so uh, that was fourth grade. Um, and the fourth thing that I'm comfortable bragging about is from third grade to eighth grade, my football team's lost two games. Wow. Yeah. Missed the playoffs my senior year, but that doesn't matter because we won the championship in fourth grade. <laughs> Look at that. That's hanging in my wall at home. Um, and uh, so I played football through high school. Uh, really fun. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, and I played my freshman year in college. Um, there's me. Uh, my hair's a little longer and a little shorter. Um, my roommate. Anyway, um, it's a really great thing. I went to Linfield thinking, this is sweet. I'm playing football. Um, I didn't... Playing football is a relative term. <laughs> I had a uniform. Okay, so... <laughs> so I played. Um, uh, but uh, it was a cool thing. I was really excited about it. I'm, I'm at college playing college football. That was sweet. And uh, after my freshman year at, at school, um, God was kind of like, you know, this is something that you're not going to do anymore. And I was kind of like, Why? This is kind of weird, you know? I didn't even play. It wasn't like I was really good, like, thinking I was all the bomb. I didn't even play. But he said, you're not going to play anymore. It just it was totally off my heart to play. Um, and it was kind of a thing where I was kind of just asking why. And uh, we're going to get into a story um, from the Bible, um, John 11. Um, it's about the story of Lazarus. And uh, I'm going to tell you guys that story. Um, just pray with me real quick, and then we'll get on to that. Dear God, I pray for tonight as uh, Wazoo and UW uh, combined um, to be together and, and to worship you. And um, I pray that, uh, that you'd use uh, tonight in, in uh, everyone's lives, no matter where they're from. And uh, uh, we thank you for using stories and for using uh, uh, people from your word in the Bible to, uh, to help us live our lives more for you. So I pray for tonight and uh, for the Apple Cup. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, so the story, um, 
in the Bible, John 11. It's, uh, it's about Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Um, so these, these three um, siblings were really close um, with Jesus. They were good friends of his. Um, and there's previous stories about them being together and him really, Jesus really enjoying these people, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And so one day, Lazarus gets really sick. And Mary and Martha um, send a message to Jesus saying, Hey, my brother's sick. Come help him. That's what they say. And before we get into that, I want to remind us that we've been looking at doubt this whole quarter. Um, looking at doubt in our own lives and how we can engage that doubt to further our faith in Jesus. And looking at stories from the Bible to do that. Um, so as we go into this, um, just kind of keep that in mind. Um, so they ask Jesus, they send a letter, say, hey, come, heal my brother. Um, and uh, uh, Jesus hears this. Um, they say, the one, the one you love is sick. Jesus hears this and tells his disciples, kind of tells them, okay, so I got this letter, Lazarus is sick, but don't worry, it's not going to end in death. I'm not sure what these guys are thinking, kind of like, Okay, like, thanks for the update, but, um, uh, so he tells them this, and, uh, we're going to go to verse 5, and, uh, says, uh, now Jesus loved Mary Martha, and Mary and her sister, and her sister, and Lazarus. (laughs) So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Okay, so if there's one important word in this verse, it's so. Okay, now, Jesus loved Mary, <laughs> loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So meaning because. Because he loved them, he stayed two more days. Does that make sense? I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really tracking. Um, so after two days, okay, two days go by. And he finally decides, okay, we're going to go to Judea, where Mary and Martha are. And uh, he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going to wake him up. And his disciples' reaction to this is, um, why would you wake him up if he's sick? Because you know when you're sick, you have the cold, you sleep it out. You get, you know, take, get, get to bed early, drink some water, take a nap, and you usually feel a lot better. And so they're like, now, Jesus, you should wait, because if you let him sleep, he'll get better, and maybe you won't have to go. I don't know. And Jesus is like, no, bad idea. <laughs> so um, they, go, um, they go down and um, go down to Judea to show up where Mary and Martha are. And uh, we're just get to verse 21. It says, Lord, Martha, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Okay. So, she addresses the, the, the situation. Um, she asks Jesus to come. He says, I love, I love them, so I won't go. Doesn't make sense right now. Um, so she says, where were you? If you would have come, my brother would still be alive. Okay, big question. She addresses it right away. Um, and then uh, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into, this, into the world. So the way, I, the way I picture Martha responding to Jesus is, because her brother just died, okay? Is, um, she's probably not too happy about hearing that, oh, I am the resurrection. She's probably going, uh, yeah, I know. Um, I, I, this, is how, this is how I see her responding to this. I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. You know, uh, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God that has come into the world. Kind of a little bit like, I know, I know, I know this, but why did he die? Um, she wants a concrete answer. She doesn't want to know that you're, you're the resurrection. She wants to know why you didn't show up. Martha says, where were you? My brother was dying and I asked for you. And I know you could have done something. So where were you? And Jesus doesn't really give her the answer she wants. At all. I'd be kind of like, I don't want that answer either. I totally can feel what she was feeling in that situation. Um, when are some situations where we're feeling like Martha is? In our lives, we go, okay, God, I asked for this. Or, um, you know, just hearing this story about Brian Cruz, I didn't know what was going to be shared. I didn't know he was coming up here. Um, but he went into a coma. And I'm thinking of his brothers and his sisters um, saying, God, my brother's in a coma. Like, come, come. And it took, I mean, he's in there for 10 days. So at some point they're like, God, where are you? Uh, my brother's in a coma. I don't know what happened. And um, asking that question. When are times where we've asked God that same question? Uh, God, if you'd only been there, this would have happened. Where were you? Okay, in this, in this core, we've talked about addressing our, addressing our doubt to, um, to grow in our faith. Um, make, taking positive action to grow. You know, addressing that question, asking it. That's okay to ask the question, God, where were you? But to act on it. And to believe in what you're asking. Um, I think, it's, I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's healthy to ask that question. So where are times where, you're, where you hurt and you ask that question? Just think about that a little bit. Um, so, so Martha came out and met Jesus. And Mary does the same thing. Her sister stayed at home while Martha ran out to Jesus. Uh, Mary's at home with uh, some Jewish friends. They come to comfort her. They're in mourning. Um, it was just, they were just, she decided to stay home. Martha came back to the house and said, Mary, Jesus is here. He wants to see you. She runs out, falls on her knees, and says the exact same thing as Martha. Jesus, if you'd only been here, my brother would still be alive. Ask the exact same question. And when Jesus sees her weeping in front of him, and the Jews who had come along also weeping, um, he was troubled. And we have, yeah, we have that right here. Um, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come see. Come see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Not only is Jesus wept the shortest verse in the Bible, but it holds so much meaning right here. It's just two words. Remember, Jesus, although he's, he's almighty and is healing people and is um, preaching these amazing words, he was man. He was fully man. And he sees his, his, the people who he loved. It says, it says in the beginning, friends who he loved, on their knees in front of him, weeping. He feels that. When people around us hurt, we hurt for them. Especially people we love. We feel the pain. It's like we carry that with them. And he felt that. And he wept. 
It wasn't like he, he was like, oh, this is so horrible. You guys are crying. You guys feel horrible. He wept. Picture weeping, just bawling and just feeling horrible for them and the way they feel. Jesus felt that. And the best part about that is I think he feels that for us. When we hurt and we ask God, where are you? Where were you? This hurts. My brother's in a coma. I don't know if he's going to come out. That hurts. You, you, you feel that pain. And I'm confident Jesus feels that same pain. God feels that. He doesn't want to see us hurt. I think he feels that. Um, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, by this time there's a bad odor from where he's been. He's been there for four days. So at this point, they're at the tomb. And he's, he's, he's there, Jesus is at the tomb. And he's going to, to, to look in there. And, and Martha tells him to stop, which confuses me. Because it looks like he's taking some action. Um, he makes a move to go into the tomb, which may smell bad. But it is Jesus. And again, I already said this thing twice. But they know how powerful he can be because they called on him originally. Originally he said, Jesus, my brother is sick. Come heal him. So they know he can do things, big things. So he's rolling this stone away and they go, don't do that. It stinks. Who cares? <laughs> like, who cares? It smells bad. But he's making action on your brother. Not to mention he pretty much foreshadows the whole thing saying, your brother will not die. But they didn't have literature classes back then, so it's understandable. Um, but she doubts him. She doubts him still. She says kind of, don't go in there. It's going to smell bad. Um, but he rolls away the stone. And uh, verse 40. This is the most important verse, by the way. If, I, if you didn't hear anything but uh, refillable zit in this verse, that's Okay. <laughs> Because this is, this is big time, okay? Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Okay, I'm going to read it again, just for purposes, you know? Inspirational purposes. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Verse 43, When he had, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to, him, said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Okay. So Jesus rolls away the stone. Jesus says, come out. And Lazarus, I just, it's hard with, with Halloween to not just picture this. <laughs> it's just really hard. Um, but to think he's wrapped in these, these clothes and alive, um, the bummer part about um, this, this chapter is they don't describe Lazarus afterwards. Or if he says something like, where, where am I? Where am I? Oh, I'm alive. Like, I, I just want to know what that looks like because it would be interesting. Um, but they don't go into it. It's okay. It's not really that important. Um, so he healed them. Okay, so let's, let's, go, let's look back at this. Um, so Mary and Martha call for Jesus. He doesn't show up. He waits two days. 
So he waited two days. And they say, Jesus, where were you? They address, they address what they're feeling, right? He didn't show up. Jesus, where were you? We waited here. We called for you. And I think there's a reason, I think there's a reason he waited. So I loved them. So I waited. Um, let's think, let's look in back and, and imagine that they call for Jesus. He shows up in one day. Right away. They're like, yes. He got the message. He came. Uh, so, so heal him. And Jesus is like, okay. Heals him. And they're like, yes. Healed. Good to go. Yay, brother. But they'd already, it says, it says there, he, they'd already seen him do works. They've already seen him heal people. They've already seen him preach crazy things. And, and they, didn't, they knew God's, they knew Jesus' power. They knew that. But they didn't. Okay, so, so if, if, he, if he shows up and, and heals him, what does that do for Mary and Martha? They just get to see it again? It's like seeing a movie twice. If you want to see New Moon and wasted your time, you'd be like going to that twice. Going, okay. The movie was good, but the books were way better. Okay? Freaking hate that line. It's like going to, it's like doing that, you know? They've seen it. They didn't need to see it again. What does that do for them? Nothing. It doesn't do anything for them. But God, but Jesus waited. Because he loved them. Look at, look at what happened. Jesus waited, right? So, if he had, if he had shown up on time, you get Mary, Martha, who get to see Jesus Heal their brother. So, because of that, Lazarus gets Lazarus sees this happen. Okay, that's three people, plus the people that are like their friends. Who cares? So, Jesus waits two days because he loved them. He waits two days and shows up, and they're like, "Where were you? You blew it. He's dead. Now it's over. You can't do anything about it. He's dead." No faith there. Not a lot. But a little, there's a little faith, I guess. A little faith. Um, because of that, you have the Jews that come to mourn with Mary and Martha. I'm going to say there's five. There's probably more. So that's seven people. Mary, Martha, five Jews. <laughs> the disciples that Jesus brings with him, it doesn't really say how many. I'll say four. So there's 11. Okay? 11, Jew- 11 people. Okay? And they get to see Jesus perform a miracle. They raise him, he raised him from the dead. Linens wrapped around him and everything. Look how many people got to see the glory of God. Verse 38. Nope. Verse 40. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? They got to see the glory of God. If, if, he, if, if he shows up on time, two people see God, they see, see, they see Jesus do something they've already seen. He says, because I love you, I'll, because I love you, I'm going to wait. And 11 people get to see the glory of God. So, you're kind of asking, okay, where are you really getting with this? Well, when I played football, you know, I felt God say, don't play anymore. And I was kind of like, what the heck? 
Why? And uh, there's a reason for that. And it took a long time for me to kind of realize it. Um, with that time, which was all fall, a lot of time. If you guys played high school sports, you guys know how much time is involved with doing that. Okay, it's a lot. College is more. It was a small college, so it wasn't as much as like a big college, but still. And uh, I got to get involved with uh, wildlife, which is young life for middle school kids. And I got to coach middle school football, which is a lot of fun. They're terrible. <laughs> They're still fun. It's not about winning, right? Totally. Um, so I got to do that. I got to be involved with those things, which right now, looking back, were amazing. They were awesome things in my life. They really shaped who I am now. Um, I grew a lot in my faith, and I really saw the glory of God in that, in those things. It took me a long time. It was, it was pretty much four years ago that I played football. It probably took at least three years for me to really understand what God's reason for that was. Okay? And asking that question, you know, God, why? Is fine. But remember, Mary and Martha, they asked that question. But did they, when God didn't, when Jesus didn't show up, did they say, okay, you didn't show up. You can go home. You know how to get here. You know how to get back. There's the door. See you later. Thanks, but not really. No thanks. They didn't say that. They, they, they questioned. They said, why? But they still followed him to the tomb. They still believed. A little bit. They didn't stop following, and they didn't... I don't want to say, don't stop believing. They didn't stop believing. <laughs> um... It's in the, it, was, it, was, it was in their heart. They believed. They doubted, but they didn't stop fully believing in the power of God. Gosh, I said it again. I was, un, was unconscious. <laughs> where, where in your life did something die? For Mary and Martha, their brother died. And they had to ask Jesus... Come heal my brother. And where did something die? It doesn't have to be literally. Where did something that you wanted, you prayed for, or you were hoping for, didn't happen? You kind of said, God, where are you? Where were you? You didn't show up. I asked for you. There's no reason for you not to show up. We ask that question all the time. And I think it's okay. I think it's fine to ask that question. But what's your action on that question? In this situation, they asked Jesus to show up, and he didn't because he loved them. I think it's the same thing with us. I think sometimes Jesus doesn't show up on our timing because he loves us. Because the glory of God is is to be seen in that. Because if Jesus shows up every time, what happens? Do we really have faith anymore? You know, in the Bruce Almighty scene where he's on the computer and he's like getting all these email prayer requests, he's like, uh, oh, this sucks. And he just puts reply all. And he's like, boom, nailed it. And everyone like, everyone's like winning the lottery and stuff. And it's like nuts. Um, that's, not what, that's not what the glory of God's about. That's not what our lives are about when we, we pray to God and we ask God, where are you? There's a reason. And... Um, it's so, it's so we can see the glory of God. And uh, 
if, if he gives us everything we want in our timing, that's not, that's not faith. That's not believing God. That's just like Santa Claus asking and receiving. Like, that's not, that's not what, what believing in Jesus and following Jesus is about. So where in your life did something die? Where are we asking God, where are you? And where do we go from there? You know, relationships. Guys, how many times you like met this girl? She's really cool. She's really cute. God, do something? How many times? In my journal, in my journal I have, I've probably got like 10 girls' names written there like, Hey, God, I met this girl. She's really cool and she's really cute. Do something? How many times do we do that? Girls, the same thing, you know? Met this really cute guy. He's got great arms. <laughs> okay, how many times do we, have we done that? And we ask God to do something, and he doesn't necessarily show up, right? He doesn't necessarily show up, and we say, you blew it. You didn't show up. But what's he, what's he have for us? What's he going to do with that? I want to really challenge you guys to think about the places where you ask God, where were you? Where are you? That's gonna be, that can be current. Where are you asking God, where are you? And what are you doing with that? Do you believe that God is going to use that to show his glory? I don't know. Think about that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's important because I think we do it a lot. But remember, it's, it's okay to address that question. Um, where are you? Where were you? Okay, guys, pray with me real quick. Dear God, uh, thank you for um, for doubt, uh, for not knowing what you're doing in our lives. Uh, this life would be really boring if we knew what you, what you were going to do every time. And if we knew that we asked and we prayed to you, we were going to get an immediate answer. Life would be really boring. Thank you for uh, timing. Thank you for your timing. You love us so much that you are going to wait sometimes. I pray that that you help us all to realize that. So many times we don't understand. But God, I pray that we would believe that, that if we trust you, we will see the glory of God in our own lives. And I thank you for that and the growth that comes from that, and that you want what's best for us, and we have no clue what is. Thank you for allowing us to address the question of where are you, and where were you. Thank you for allowing us to ask that question, and thank you for engaging it. In your name we pray. Amen.